you know, and again, we're not saying that the alderman should not have input. We're just saying we get it streamlined. You know what I mean? We're out here to try to get things streamlined. It's been very rough on the hospitality industry here in the city of Chicago over the last 14, 15 months. And we're trying to get things streamlined so we can get, as I mentioned earlier, 16 to 20% of restaurants that are closing. We can get new owners to come in, open their restaurants. And all we want to do is get them to get signs up quicker than waiting anywhere from 90 to 120 days. We like to see it get processed within 30 days. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm Alex Nitkin. I'll be your host this week. There are some private industry reps who sort of work behind the scenes at City Hall or they're a little under the radar. Sam Toya does not fit that category. Sam is the president and CEO of the Illinois Restaurant Association, and he is an extremely visible presence around Chicago city government. You will often see Sam standing alongside the mayor at press conferences or speaking at big events. Sometimes it seems like he is everywhere, repping Chicago area restaurants, you know, extolling their value, saying what they need. And today he is our guest on the Cloudcast. Now, as you're going to hear, Sam is a super energetic spokesman for Chicago's culinary scene. He is known for his memorable catchphrases. He has, I think, one of the best Chicago accents in town. And if anything, his profile has only risen in the past year and a half just because of how brutally his industry, the restaurant industry, has been battered by this pandemic. I talked to Sam about just how big a toll COVID took on Chicago area restaurants and how the industry is leaning on the city, state, and federal government for help trying to bounce back, even as some aspects of the restaurant experience, as you're going to hear, are never going to be the same again. Now, there is one word that you're going to hear a lot here, and that is streamline, because we also talked about a big Chicago business relief package that is going to deregulate the industry in a big way, but that hit a speed bump in the city council last month. So we're going to talk about what that means for local businesses in the meantime. And Sam was a good sport at the end and even let me test his knowledge of Chicago's neighborhoods a little bit. I will say we did this interview over Zoom, so the audio may sound a little distant. We're still figuring stuff out over here. But without further delay, here is my interview with Sam Toya. So let's dive into it here. For folks who do not know about the Illinois Restaurant Association and what it does, uh, what is the IRA and what does it do? Well, at the IRA, we do a lot of things. Uh, First thing we do is we do a lot of advocacy. We also have a education program where we uh, educate all the workers throughout the state of Illinois on food handler, management, manager certificates, uh, you know, because if you run a restaurant, you have to have a manager at all times that's certified in food handling. All food handlers that touch food have to go online and take a course. Uh, and then everyone that uh, serve alcohol, uh, spirits, uh, they have to take a Bassett course too. So that's our education department. We have an educational foundation as well. Uh, we work with uh, high schools throughout the state of Illinois on helping the next generation of leaders here in the hospitality industry. Uh, We also work with uh, local colleges as well. And we also have a special events department. Uh, We do the um, food and beverage at the Taste of Chicago. We also uh, do Chicago Gourmet, which is a food and wine show. And I say is the best food and wine show in the country. I don't care what they say in Pebble Beach or in South Beach. We have the best food and wine show right here in the city of Chicago. Also at our Ed Foundation, we have our During the pandemic, we set up an employee relief fund and we raised close to $300,000 and gave um, $500 grants to people that worked in the industry that were having a hard time paying for their rent or groceries or utility bills, especially if they were having a hard time getting unemployment. So we, we do that through our Ed Foundation as well. 
So there's an education piece. There's also an advocacy element of this, right? Of advocating on behalf of restaurants yes. too. Tell me a little bit about that interface and that process, how that works. Okay, so we do a lot of advo- uh, advocating. Uh, we have a contract lobbyist on in, uh, in Springfield. We do a lot of advocating here at the city of Chicago uh, to promote issues that are important to the hospitality industry. Before the pandemic, we were the largest private sector employer with over 595,000 people working in the restaurant food service industry here in the state of Illinois with over 25,000 restaurants throughout the state. So there's a lot of issues that come up that we like to uh, be at the table, be at entry level wages, or um, you know, making sure that we're educating um, people that are in the industry. So a lot of legislation comes up. I always say we'd rather be at the table than on the menu. So be it working with leadership in Springfield or leadership at City Hall here in the city of Chicago, we're always there to talk about the issues that are up and coming. Like right now, we're working with the city of Chicago on the, um, the Chicago Biz Strong Ordinance. So we, we are at the table talking, you know, we always want to try to streamline things for our restaurants here in the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois. I definitely want to talk about the Shy Biz Strong Ordinance in a couple of minutes. First, though, just reflecting on, you know, it's been now 16 months since basically this, like what felt at the time, I'm sure, like an apocalyptic event for the restaurant industry. Suddenly everyone had to close all at once. I've heard you talk about how there are a lot of restaurants that just didn't make it through all this time. Do we have any sense of how many restaurants in Chicago, in the region, we've lost and sort of what the toll has been? Good question. So again, we started the uh, we went into uh, <laughs> the pandemic here. We had over 25,000 eating and drinking establishments in the state of Illinois. The National Restaurant Association predicted up to 20% of the restaurants could go out of business. That would be 5,000. We haven't gotten the exact number. That was anecdotally. However... Uh, I think when it's all said and done, we'll be anywhere between 16 to 20%. The federal government did step up on a lot of programs like- 16, 15. sorry, 16 to 20% of all restaurants in the city yes. closed permanently? Yes, we will lose oh. them. However, you know, as we come out of this pandemic and the new normal, as we move further and further along, you'll see a lot of those restaurants reopen with new owners because, you know, restaurants are- uh, industry that a lot of entrepreneurs get involved with. And I think you'll see a lot of new restaurants open, but we will lose a lot. And then hopefully we gain a lot over the next 16 to 18 months. 16 to 18 months is pretty much the way. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's about 16. You, you, you get about a year and a half. I'm, I'm guessing maybe a little under a year and a half. You were talking about some of the programs, government aid and programs that are, have been available to restaurants this whole time. There are you mentioned the PPP loans coming from the federal government, from the state. We've seen the business interruption, big grants from the city. Big we grant. have the uh, resiliency fund and some grant programs for businesses that we've seen and, and loans from the city and county. What has been the most important, the most effective of that whole sort of smorgasbord of, of AIDS? Well, I think the PPP was very important. We got two rounds of that. That was very important. And the money you got for that, you had to get the equation from your payroll. And you, and you know, what your payroll is two and a half times a weekly payroll. And then you were able to use 60% of that for payroll. And the other 40% you were able to use for rent or other bills that you had, your vendors and stuff like that. That was very, very helpful. And also the restaurant revitalization fund was very, very, there wasn't enough funds, but a third of the restaurant. Yes, these are federal programs. And the restaurant revitalization fund you know, only a third of the restaurants that applied for it got it, but the third that did get it, 
it was very, very helpful. That was for lost sales that you had. Uh, we're trying to work now with um, our federal leaders on replenishing that. There was like 26, you know, close to $28 billion. We always thought it needed $120 billion. We're still advocating for another $60 billion. We need to bring a few more Republican senators on board to replenish that because restaurants are the soul of every neighborhood throughout throughout the United States. So we're, we're definitely working with the National Restaurant Association, trying to get some Republican senators like in Texas or Louisiana or Florida to come on board because you have urban areas in these uh, red states. And it's very important that we uh, replenish that and make sure that we're helping all our restaurants throughout the co country. I don't care if it's in Tennessee or if it's in Vermont. We got to help all our restaurants. They were all hit very hard on this. And that's why we got to replenish the RRF. There's a lot of communication going on in uh, in Washington, D.C. right now. Senator Durbin is a co-sponsor of replenishing the RRF. Is that something that the goal is to get done on its own or attached to some kind of larger effort like the American Jobs Plan you, or something like that? We would like to get it done on its own, but there, we might have to do it with, a, you know, the infrastructure bill that you're talking about uh, as we move along here. So there's a lot of communication going on. But we definitely need to bring some Republican senators on board. Like our, like I said, our senators here in Illinois, Senator Durbin, Senator Duckworth, are totally on board. They've been very supported throughout all the federal programs that have helped the hospitality industry here in the United States. Let's then talk about what Congress has already passed, the American Rescue Plan. We're now four months in, and huge amounts of money have gone to state and local governments. Illinois, I think, got in the neighborhood of $8 billion to spend over the next three years, Cook County about a billion, the city 1.9 billion. And we've seen all these different industries and interest groups sort of come out of the woodwork and say what they want from it, you know, give us give us a share. Does the IRA have a stance right now or a position to the state, the county, the city saying, here's how we would like you to spend ARP for restaurants? Yes, we, we have talking with the governor and his people on the big grant programs, if you, you, as you uh, brought up uh, a little bit earlier, you know, to help restaurants. There was, you know, Tens of millions of dollars given out in big grant programs to restaurants throughout the state from Chicago to Peoria to East St. Louis to Springfield. So we're hoping that X amount of money gets put into the big grants and restaurants can apply for that. And I think it will. Uh, the governor and his people have insinuated that will uh, will happen. When we you saw say that X amount of money, is there a number that you're targeting? Yeah, we would like to see, you know what I mean, at least uh, $55 million. Again, the big big, big money is the RRF at the national level, but every little bit helps. You know, we rather see the RRF replenish on the federal level, but the big grant programs also help our small restaurants as well. So if we could get another 55 million in there, that would be great. And then as far as what you're hoping from the city or the county for them to pass along through ARP? Yes. So, I mean, they're, they're looking at putting money aside. You know, there's $10,000 grants going to restaurants in our 77 communities here in the city of Chicago. Also, we're looking at trying to streamline stuff and maybe not, you know, help restaurant in our 77 communities with their, you know, liquor license, with their food license, you know, trying to abate them. And, you know, and, and as we move down the road here, as I mentioned earlier, you know, it's going to still be very hard for the hospitality industry here in the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois over the next year, year and a half. So it sounds like what you're saying is that the interest is more to get the funding from the state and the federal level, whereas on the municipal level, it's more about regulations and, and working with city departments to help exactly. businesses succeed. 
Exactly. To streamline stuff. That would be great. Yes. Like I said, the number one concern at the Illinois Restaurant Association and the National Restaurant Association is to get RRF, Restaurant Revitalization Fund, replenished. So on that note, then let's, if we're talking about city regulations, let's talk about this Shy Biz Strong package that you'd mentioned. You were a, a vocal supporter of this back when the mayor announced it back in May. We saw almost all of it um, pass last month. And there was one part that didn't, that we'll, we'll talk about in a second, but this is a really massive ordinance that had a lot of various different elements. There was a legalization of A-frame signs. It sort of solidified uh, the city and state's legalization of cocktails to go. It allowed, if I understand it correctly, restaurants to sort of self-certify their health inspections so that yes. um, that wouldn't happen. Can you just walk me through what some of those provisions were of this ordinance and ultimately why that is going to be so helpful to small restaurants? Sure. So obviously at the Re- Illinois Restaurant Association, any uh, business association, you want to streamline stuff. So we felt, you know, getting the A-frames, you know, streamlining uh, things that help restaurants, you know, and as you were mentioning about the health department, if you and I want to go open a restaurant now that was a restaurant that closed down, as I mentioned earlier, that new people are going in to open a restaurant, you and I could open the restaurant and then, wait, you know, instead of waiting for the health department to come and recertify, we can open it. And then they would, you know, get out there when they got out there, but we could definitely, we wouldn't have to wait. 45 days or 60 days to have them come out and inspect so we could streamline things, open the restaurant and, and, and get people back to work and get guests, you know, guests in, in, in our diners. That's what it's all about, streamlining stuff. So the Chicago Biz Strong is all about streamlining and making things easier for restaurant owners, operators to open and um, operate the restaurants. Specifically on A-frame signs, these are the little folding chalk signs that you see it on sidewalks say, hey, come on in, here are happy hour specials. I, and I know a lot of other people were a little confused because, you know, I've seen these things everywhere already. I didn't even know that these were against the rules. Yes, they were. Uh, You know, depending on certain parts of the city, they really enforced it and certain parts of the cities they didn't, but they were they were against the uh, the law to have out there. That's why we wanted to make sure we got them out there, especially coming out of the pandemic. You can, you know, show your daily specials, show your daily cocktails, you know, so it's very important uh, that we get, you know, we get that because it's just another helping to show your guests to come in on what you would have for that day, be it a daily special or a daily cocktail. But yes, they are not legal uh, as, of, as of right now. But they were made legal by this ordinance. Yes, Chicago Biz, Biz Strong Ordinance, right, which is, is, it was passed last month in the city council. That's really interesting. You said they were enforced in some parts of the city, but not others. Yes. You got to remember a lot of enforcement in the city of Chicago has a lot to do with people that call into 311. So, you know, it depending, you know, certain parts of the city, people are making more complaints than other parts of the city. That's just the reality. Let us talk about the one part of the package that on a very narrow vote last month, we saw pulled out of the rest of the package because Alderman had some misgivings, concerns, they wanted to keep talking about it. This would expedite what's called public way permits. These are the permits the businesses need for things like awnings, exterior signs, little storefront uh, uh, accessories. Essentially, as I understand it, what this would do is take control of that permitting process out of the hands of the city council, at least formally, and allow the city's Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection to directly approve those permits. We saw at least some aldermen express some misgivings saying, we want to make sure that we still have oversight of this process. We know our wards and we want to be able to 
reject an application, basically, if we think that there's a bad actor. Why is it important for restaurants for this change to go through? Um, and why, I guess, shouldn't aldermen be concerned about that? Again, um, we're, we're trying to streamline stuff, you know. So right now, if you uh, go for an awning or a sign on your restaurant, it has to go to city council. Um, it has to go through committee, then the city council. Could, so it could take anywhere from 90 to 120 days before you get approval for your sign. We're out here advocating for streamlining things. I mean, we did it with the health department where you can open a restaurant in and you know, have time before they come and inspect it. So you can open a restaurant, but you won't be able to have a sign out there possibly for 90 to 100 days. Again, whatever the alderman and, and the mayor's office work out where it comes to the alderman's privilege on signing off on that, that's their business. That is not the Illinois Restaurant Association's business. Our business is to, is to advocate for streamlining. So- Again, I'm sure that the alderman and um, intergovernmental affairs with the mayor's uh, team are communicating how to get this done. But what we want to see is streamlining and hopefully that if you apply for a sign, you could get it within 30 days instead of waiting anywhere from 90 to 120 days. Yeah. Talk about the process right now, because it has to actually go through a city council committee. Right. Yeah. What, what does that end up? What kind of effect does that end up having on businesses? It takes a while because you got to go to committee and then you got to go to the full council, you know, and again, we're not saying that the alderman should not have inputs. We're just saying we get it streamlined. You know what I mean? We're out here to try to get things streamlined. It's been very rough on the hospitality industry here in the city of Chicago over the last 14, 15 months. And we're trying to get things streamlined so we can get, as I mentioned earlier, 16 to 20% of restaurants that are closing. We can get new owners to come in, open their restaurants. You know what I mean? We got the health department on board to um, let them open quicker. And all we want to do is get them to get signs up quicker than waiting anywhere from 90 to 120 days. We like to see it get uh, you know, processed within 30 days. So bottom line, make it happen faster. The rest of the mechanics are not as important. As far and then, as yes, I mean, it, no, that's that's again, that is not what the Illinois Restaurant Association, that's between the alderman and the mayor's office to figure out. What's next? What else does IRA want to see streamlined from the city? You know, again, you know, if you if you run a if you run a restaurant, you know, what are the departments you really care about? The health department, business affairs, consumer protection, uh, buildings departments. So we're trying to anything that goes through these departments, we're trying to get streamlined. Again, business affairs, health department, and the building department. Are there any other items? in that regard on your wish list that are not part of Shy Biz Strong you're going to be advocating? You know, for the most part, you know, we want to just get, we want to dot the I's and cross the T's on Chicago Biz Strong. Um, Again, like you said, most of it was passed at last council meeting. Uh, We'll see what they do with the streamlining of signs and awnings. Uh, And as if we get that passed, then we'll come to the table on new stuff. But right now, this is the meat and potatoes that we want passed. So this whole time we've been talking about government intervention, what different governments can do. I'm curious what, for anyone out there, just people who live in neighborhoods around the city, if they're listening, what can people do to help support restaurants other than, you know, the obvious of just going and spending their money at a restaurant? Well, uh, yeah, obviously we know that restaurants are the soul of every neighborhood throughout our 77 communities here in the city of Chicago. You know, what restaurants learned um, <clears throat> during the pandemic is you'll see more restaurants now doing delivery and curbside pickup. So it, you know, so we really encourage people to visit their local restaurant. If you can't go in and eat, get a delivery, get a pickup, just support your local restaurants. Cause most of the people that work in the local restaurants also live in the local community. So 
it's very, very uh, important to our business community and also our commercial streets to have restaurants open and thriving. You mentioned some of the permanent changes that might come out of the pandemic. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I mean, how has the pandemic, do you think, permanently impacted the ways that restaurants operate that are are just never going to go back to the way it was before? So, you know, before the pandemic, I think restaurants look like, yeah, we'll do some, you know, third party delivery, you know, through Uber Eats or DoorDash or uh, Grubhub. Maybe that was 10 percent of their business. I think now restaurant owners, operators, when they put their business plan together, are going to try to see if 20 or 25 percent of their business can be delivery and a pickup. And when they, you know, put out the design of the restaurant, I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of them are going to have a side door where you can go do carry out and pickup. So I, I think as we move forward here, you'll see more and more restaurants thinking in their business plan about deliveries and carryouts. And I'm also glad that you mentioned Grubhub and those other kinds of third party delivery apps. That was another plank of Shy Biz Strong that we didn't mention, right, that would extend a cap on third-party commissions, I think until December, roughly, is when it would be. Can you walk me through the importance of that and and why it's, I guess, why it's helpful now and why it's okay that it's going to be expiring? Well, here's the thing. We've talked a lot with uh, the third-party delivery, like you said, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, and they're all are offering now a 15% package, which is, we've made a lot of progress with them. The reason we started this, you know, started uh, advocating for this over 14, 15 months ago is because I was getting calls from restaurants like in Lincoln Square. They were charging 27 percent of the cost uh, that would go to the third party deliveries. So small independent restaurants like in Lincoln Square or Brighton Park, it was killing them. You know, I mean, if you had a bigger restaurant group in the central business district, you might have been able to work out a better deal. I was concerned about the independent restaurants in the the neighborhoods. Now, these third-party delivery apps are offering 15% packages. And, you know, again, you could get, maybe you want to pay 20%. That's up to you. But we felt 15% should be uh, the ceiling during the pandemic. And that's what we passed in the shy business strong through the end of the year. However, most of them now are offering a 15% package, which is fine for our small independent restaurants in our neighborhoods from Jefferson Park to Rogers Park to Chatham. 15% meaning that that is how much they would charge the consumer for themselves, the third-party delivery app would charge. Well, well, yeah, so Uber Eats would charge 15% to the restaurant uh, for delivering that food. Now, you you could pay more and get up, you know, get higher up on their platform. That's between you and them. But we wanted to make sure it was fair to all our independent restaurants in our neighborhoods throughout the city of Chicago. What else do you want people to know about Chicago's restaurant industry that we haven't talked about? You know, as I always say, we're the culinary capital of the United States. You know, they think they are in San Francisco, New York. No, right here. We have, uh, percentage-wise, we have as many Michelin star restaurants as New York. Obviously, they have more because they're larger, but percentage-wise, we have as many. You can get anything you want to eat here in the city of Chicago, from you know, from our great steakhouses to our iconic restaurants to our food trucks to our neighborhood restaurants. We have it all. You know, you look at some other cities like Austin or Nashville; they're kind of a one-trick pony. But what you want, whatever you want. You can have it. Look at some of these great, you know, on Devon Avenue in the 50th Ward or in Chinatown in the the 25th Ward. You can go to these neighborhoods and get phenomenal cuisine. Sounds like you have some practice advocating for Chicago's restaurant scene around the country. (laughs) Before we wrap up, I just heard you talk about it. And you've talked a lot about how you have a real knowledge of the city and its neighborhoods and 
you know, you've been around a while, you know your way around. If you're up for it, I would like to try a little sort of lightning round game. I want to name an intersection somewhere in the city, like a major intersection. <laughs> I want to see if you can it, tell me a little bit about the neighborhood and, and some of the restaurants and other businesses around. Okay. I'm going to go for it. All right. I'll start off with an easy one. Seven, uh, 47th and King Drive. All right. So obviously you're on, uh, you know, that, that's, that's in the, you know, Bronzeville neighborhood. We have some great restaurants over there, like Peaches, the name, one of them. Cliff Roman is the owner of Peaches. It's a great breakfast, lunch restaurant. If you haven't tried it, you got to try it. How about Irving and Central, Irving Park Road and Central Avenue? Okay. So Irving and Central. So you're just kind of west of Portage Park. Uh, you know, you have Irving and um, Milwaukee, not too, you know, a little bit east of Irving and Central. You have Community, which is a great restaurant on Milwaukee Avenue, right by Irving. Uh, <clears throat> also in Irving and Central, you're in the 38th Ward. So you have some great pizzerias like Pete's Pizza is in the 38th Ward. Uh, that's more by Montrose and Central. But those are a couple of restaurants that I would recommend. Community, Pete's Pizza. How about Roosevelt and Western? Roosevelt and Western. Well, right there, you're not too far from uh, Taylor Street, which we have some great uh Great uh, restaurants on Taylor Street. It's Little Italy, you know, from Rosebud to Tuscany, to name a few. So uh, you got you got some great restaurants, like I said, just e- east of Roosevelt and Western. Uh, and you could just, you know, hop on right on over there to uh, Taylor Street. Let me try one more, getting maybe a little bit harder. Archer in California. Archer in California. Um Obviously, you have a little breakfast place right on the, on, the, on the, you know, right around there. You do have some good restaurants there. You have a lot of good, good Mexican restaurants in that part of town. So I, I don't want to, you know, call out because there's quite a few right there. Uh, and it, it's, it's a thriving little, uh, you know, uh, restaurant community right as you go down Archer. You know, if you go a little bit east on Archer. Last thing I have to ask, do you have a favorite Herald's in the city of Chicago? Oh, favorite heralds. Um, you know, I, I think I always was a little partial to the heralds that was in Kimbark Plaza and Hyde Park in the uh, in the fifth uh, fourth ward. That's in the fourth ward at Kimbark Plaza. Yeah, near the university there. Yeah. Okay, Sam Toya, President and CEO of the Illinois Restaurant Association. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for coming on the podcast. This has been great. Thank you. Thanks again to Sam Toya for coming on. This episode of the Cloudcast was produced and edited by me, Alex Nitkin. We will be back with another episode in your feed in two weeks.